someone. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The king of the earth, right, the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he'll be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Marla, for reading that so clearly. Friends, let me pray as I begin. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to once again hear your word and to reflect on what you're speaking to us. Please help me to speak rightly, clearly, and help us all to hear with open ears and hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, Amy kind of stole my intro, uh, but... uh, uh, but, but it's great to see um, that, uh, you know, great minds think alike. Um, now, uh, now, for those who missed it, um, Amy asked the question, have you seen an Instagram post like this? Hashtag blessed. You know? Why? Because you're soaking the sun. It's, uh, it's that perfect Australian summer. Life is good. Uh, maybe that's been unlikely this year, given all the wet weather. And, uh, and, and if you did catch a day like this in Melbourne, you would actually be s- very happy because finally a perfect uh, summer's day. So did you know that the word blessed can also be uh, translated as happy? And, um, and happiness, isn't that what everyone's after? Uh, we see that uh, in the movie... Uh, pursue the pursuit of happiness. And um, 
This is loosely based on the life of Chris Gardner, a rags to riches story, someone from homelessness becoming the prince of Wall Street as a stockbroker. And in this movie, uh, where Will Smith plays the part of Chris Gardner, he's motivating his son to not give up. And you might remember this scene by the, by the basketball court and, and tell him you know, the path he needs to take and, and what it takes to find happiness. He says, don't ever let someone tell you you can't do something. Not even me. You got a dream, you got to protect it. They want to tell you, you can't do it. You want something? You go get it, period. Now, if Chris Gardner is right, then it's up to us to chart our own way no matter what. To, uh, you know, to hold that dream that is within us, which will be like an inner compass leading us. But isn't there a choice that needs to be made every time? Which, which path am I to take? What will actually lead me to happiness? Uh, maybe if we understand what is it that we lack, then pursuing that very thing will bring us happiness. And, and perhaps for you, that is that dream of uh, having a family, that special someone to love. Or if you already have a family like many of us here today, uh, maybe seeing our kids well-educated, finding secure careers, that way they don't have to struggle. And, and, and we want them to have that comfortable life that will give them happiness. For others, um, it's, uh, it's their mind and body that's robbing them of happiness. It's the struggle with their anxious thoughts and feelings that overwhelm. And, and the world has solutions to all of this. And, and, if you, and if you look at the TV these days, as the Ashley and Martin ads are telling me, I need hair regrowth. To, to address my insecurities about the way I look. After all, uh, who, you know, who doesn't like to hear from uh, John Forsythe because of his charismatic voice and manly figure? Or, or else you need to be like Mike Phillips with that smart, sharp look and that calm voice of reason. Not a, not a half-bald man like me in his middle age uh, having a crisis. So... You know, if, if we're all honest, we can, we, can, we can empathize with this idea because we all have, have this dream of making it in life, of how life should be. So what big dreams are you thinking of or for this year? How are you going to find happiness? Or perhaps, have you given up? Life's been too hard and you've lost something and, you know, there's, there's, there's no point in even looking for it. So this morning, I want to look at uh, Psalm 1 and 2 as a pair. Uh, they reveal the different pathways that people take towards finding blessedness. And it, and it warns us uh, of some pitfalls to watch out for. Um, because you see this word blessed kind of, kind of connects and, and, and kind of bookends this psalm from the start to the end. But how does this idea of blessedness connect with happiness? Uh, in the Hebrew text of the Bible, there are two different words that are usually translated in our English Bibles as blessed. Uh, one uh, communicates the, the clear meaning that we understand. It's, you know, you're the recipient of, of a blessing, of, of something good that happened. And, 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 it, and the other, which is totally different from that, is the state of being happy. 
and it communicates uh, a state of being. Uh, and, and this is what the, the, the Psalms 1 and 2 are talking about, this idea of blessedness that comes from being happy. Okay, let's begin. Let's fly over and compare these Psalms, uh, these two Psalms. I mean, and, and at first, these two Psalms look very different. Psalm 1 has a very clear wisdom theme. It's not your typical praise or lament song as, 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 that, as, uh, as we sing. Uh, but uh, it introduces two groups of people, the wicked, the righteous. And in Psalm 2, we see a new character. And uh, this is a human king. It looks like a drama is unfolding and uh, during this person's royal coronation service. Uh, and I think this, this is meant to be read like a, like a graphic novel or comic. You know, appreciating the imagery, the irony, and hearing the voices come to life. So kids, I need your help. We're gonna, we're gonna kind of do this drama uh, and before, uh, and, uh, of, of Psalm 2. And before that, notice in Psalm 1, there's a contrast between the evergreen, magnificent tree versus the, versus the chaff. And, and, and Psalm 2 starts like the scene of a, of, of a UN Security Council. I mean, they're all gathered to welcome the new king, isn't it? No, no, it's, it's the opposite. They're conspiring. These are voices of revolt and, and against God and his new king. And for the kids and the Disney lovers, uh, this is like hearing uh, Scar singing the song, Be Prepared, from, from the movie Lion King, you know? And, and, and this is Scar plotting how, with the hyenas, how to throw off Mufasa and his new king Simba, or, or, or his, or his to-be king Simba. Um, so, kids, uh, okay, we, we're going to do the, the one, and, and adults in this section, um, um, and, and probably uh, some of the kids in the overflow room as well. I can't hear you, but you know, you can do this. So, um, uh, read, the, read the words that are in blue on the screen. Um, so with your best scar-like voice, you know, that, that evil uh, plotting kind of voice. Okay, ready? Together. Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. All right. Um, you know, friends, there are, there are lots of uh, words that connect these two psalms. There's this idea of meditation in the first psalm, which actually is describing this idea of plotting and, and conspiring that's happening here. Okay, now the scene shifts to... To, to heaven, and, and God is, is just laughing, he's just scoffing. Okay, all right, so kids and adults here, and also in the overflow room, you, you, you get a bonus, you get to do all the parts. Okay, okay, here, um, to, together with me, uh, with, a, with a deep, maybe Mufasa-like voice, all right, okay. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain, all right, okay. Now, 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 this final third, uh, thir sorry, not, this, uh, not, not the final stanza, the third stanza, uh, all of you on, in this section, all right, together, and this is the voice of the new king and, uh, who is being installed, and he's reading this decree that God has given him that makes him king. So, um, so just, just a normal voice, just a normal guy like you and me, so, all right, so let's, let's, uh, let's read this. I will proclaim to the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. 
Okay, now finally, everyone together and everyone in the overflow room, um, this is the final stanza where the psalmist is, is now communicating his message to the world. And so we'll read this together. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Well done, everyone. I uh, hope that gives you an idea of, 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 this, of this psalm and how they connect with each other. Now, um, in these two psalms, I see three principles for finding blessedness in this life. Firstly, blessedness finds the righteous ones. Secondly, blessedness is given to all who humbly surrender to Jesus. Thirdly, blessedness is the enduring eternal state for God's people. Friends, Psalm 1 starts with this idea of the blessed one. It means that there is a kind of person for whom blessedness or happiness is a reality, a state of being. Um, it, 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 doesn't define, uh, it, it goes on to define this type of blessed person or happy person. But what is, cl what is clear is that this person isn't going after blessedness, but rather blessedness finds this person. In verse 5, we see that that person is called righteous. So firstly, if blessedness finds the righteous ones, what makes someone wicked or righteous? In, in verse 5 and 6 of Psalm 1, we see these are two groups, and they have distinct ways of living. Uh, the wicked are marked by a life of sin and evil, um, and as we saw in Psalm 2, they conspire against God and his king, and therefore God will judge them to be guilty. You know, this, this word, that will be the final verdict, and this word guilty is, is the Hebrew word that is used when, uh, uh, for, for, for describing wicked, and that's what is translated here in our English Bibles. And when we see the word sinners, uh, and, and, and we... Uh, uh, we, this, this idea in Hebrew is like the first time offender. You know, whereas the wicked is a repeat offender who have multiple convictions. But, uh, uh, but, but the sinner is the first time offender. And, and what about the mockers? Well, it's a picture of a gang or a mafia, you know, whose livelihood is to do wickedness, recruiting others, speaking against those who, who follow God's ways or, or, don't, uh, or, or who, who don't join in. And in, and in verse 4, it said that they will be like chaff. Chaff is this unwanted little husk that surrounds a kernel of grain. It's useless and needs to be removed and separated from the grain during harvest. You know, it's like those seeds and watermelons that you just want to spit out. You know? And the way, and the way it, this is done, and it still is uh, in, in some places, is to winnow uh, the harvested dry grain stalks. I mean, they are thrown into the air so the wind can blow away the unwanted stuff. And when all is done, the field, the chaff, the stubble, all of it is just burnt. And that's the image of destruction in verse 6 that Psalm 1 paints. But the righteous, is, it, this is a, there's, there's a contrast here. 
This person delights and meditates on God's law and practices a different lifestyle. Like someone totally in love, living, dreaming, and constantly thinking about the other. It reminds me of my time in Bangalore when Shirley was still here and I, and I wasn't yet married to her. And uh, I would look forward to our chats on the phone um, uh, because it was the time before WhatsApp and smartphones. And so a very, international, a very expensive international phone calls. And so every second was, was, was precious. And, and I would hang on to every word that she said. I would think about our conversation constantly. And, 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 I would, and, I, and, and then when we connected again, I would, I would continue that. Now, uh, <laughs> after three kids, sometimes all I can answer to how is your day, honey, is, uh, is good, you know? Uh, no, no, no wonder Shirley complains. Um, but friends, this, uh, don't, be, don't be fooled. Uh, you know, uh, God and us are not like me and Shirley. You know, uh, we are not equals. Yet we are called to this kind of deep abiding relationship. Here the psalmist hangs on to every word in the law or the Torah. Um, this is not to say he went crazy over, oh, don't do this, yes, don't do that, yes, no. But rather, it means he finds joy in hearing God's words, his promises, reminders of God's faithfulness through the lives of others. And yes, he even enjoys reading all the don't and uh, do's and don't sections of the law because it shows him that they are a people rescued, chosen, set apart by God for himself. Therefore, living it out means avoiding all wickedness, never choosing the way of sinners, and certainly not joining with the mockers. And that is why this righteous life is pictured as this glorious tree. This kind of... Um, tree that is sustained in the water of God's presence, his word. It's a picture of the garden of Eden, a fruitful tree by waters whose leaves do not wither. Where are you today? How is your relationship with God? Is it thriving or withering? If you're new to church or exploring church, what will God's verdict be on your life? What's the path that you're headed on? Now, friends, we all know the only one who fulfilled all these on his own merit and remained righteous all the time, that, that's the picture here, all the time, that is Jesus. So Jesus is the only one of whom we can say he prospered in everything he did, a truly blessed one. So we've seen that blessedness finds the righteous ones. But if Jesus is the only righteous one, where's the hope for us? So secondly, I want to suggest to you that we can receive blessedness when we humbly surrender to Jesus. Um, we, we've, we've already seen the drama in Psalm 2. Uh, as the new king is being crowned, as, uh, uh, and, and this is the human king of Israel back then. But then, how does this connect with Jesus? Well, I, I won't go into all the details. The short answer is Jesus, as, as the Bible tells us, is the son of God born in the line of David. 
And we see this, uh, that he is the righteous suffering servant that God promised, who finally came, who took the punishment that we deserved. He died for our sins, faced the wrath of God's judgment, and then rose to life, defeating sin and death. And now he is seated in heaven, bringing all people and all things unto him before he returns. Because when he comes again, he will quell the rebellion and set the world right. Friends, how do you see Jesus this morning? Do you see him as your sovereign God and king? Does he have authority over your plans, your purposes, and your dreams, and your desires? Dear brothers and sisters, we need to see Jesus for who he is. Because like Peter and James and John, who for a moment were caught up in that awesome sight in the, on the mountain where Jesus was transfigured into his divine-looking self and God the Father proclaiming, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Because when he comes again, God's righteous judge. He will come as God's righteous judge and he will do the work of winnowing, separating the chaff from the grain as John the Baptist rightly saw. We need to heed this warning in Matthew 3 verse 11 to 12. I baptize, this is John the Baptist speaking, I baptize you with the water, with water for repentance. But after me comes the one more powerful than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, his winnowing fork in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. In Psalm 2, this, this picture changes uh, for the corrupt and the world leaders who think they are untouchable. Jesus is the one holding the scepter who will smash them to pieces, a rod of iron for, which is no match for clay pottery. You know, earthly kings can pretend with their ornate scepters as though they hold sovereign power as we've seen in this passage. But Jesus is the only true sovereign over all the earth, over all nations, over all people, over you, over me. Therefore, you kings be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss the sun or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for, the, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Friends, now is the time to, for all of us to bend the knee and kiss the sun. Because everyone's invited. No one is excluded in this call. Even the rebellious kings and rulers are invited to humbly surrender. God is gracious, not wanting anyone to perish. You might ask, 
How, how is this surrender a, a picture of blessedness? This is fear. This is the typical uh, fire and brimstone gospel, trembling and a guilt trip, asking people to conform to an ancient way of living that makes no sense today. How, how could this bring happiness, let alone flourishing and blessedness? Friends, let's see that in our third and final point. Blessedness is the enduring eternal state for God's people. Friends, the reason the peoples of the earth and their rulers and nations were against God was because of how they perceived God's rule over them. They said, in, they say in Psalm 2 verse 3, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. And they wanted their freedom. They wanted uh, rest from their burden of life. And, and, that is, and that is why this call to surrender is not an ultimatum, but, but it is an invitation of love. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For the kids and like my son, as you're driving here, uh, thought yoke meant uh, the egg yolk. Uh, you know, no. But this connects back to the idea of chains and shackles. It's actually the 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 the, the uh, Greek word that Jesus uses. The same idea, but but actually this this uh, this is more a picture of 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 an oxen taking on yoke willingly to its master. Friends, yes, we are called to to submit to Jesus. We are called to come before Him. Uh, and, and, and carry a cross. But it's not in our own strength that we are asked to do this. Like a tree planted in God's garden that was sustained by him and his streams of waters, God promises his abiding presence, his life-giving water through his Holy Spirit. For those who come to Jesus, God pours his spirit, not, not fire, like the like, like John the Baptist. And, and that is a permanent seal, a seal of a new relationship. And this, because, because when we come to God, we are adopted, our identity changes, we become sons and daughters of God. Like this psalm here, we can, we can say, uh, to, you know, God is telling us, today I have become your father. And, and Galatians 4, verse 6 to 7 says, God sent the Spirit on His Son into our hearts, of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls, Abba, calls out, Abba, Father. So, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are His child, God has also made you an heir. What an incredible blessing it is to call the God of this universe, Abba, Father. You know, unlike a human father, our, our God 
who we, we call on in, in our everyday moments, doesn't sleep. He's like, like Psalm 1 verse 6 says, he's watching over us and our way. That means he never takes his eye off you. Friends, this life can seem like God is tossing us up into the air and we are falling. But he always catches us. This is God doing his purifying work, removing from us things of the world that are chaff. Like the psalmist during his darkest hours, the answer is to always find refuge in him, to run to him, to trust him. And this is what we see in Psalm 16, that the, the psalmist starts by finding refuge in God. And therefore, in the end, his testimony is, 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 is in verse 11. And this can be our testimony too. You make known to me the path of life. When life's confusing, God will counsel us. He will let us, he will, he will direct us. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is the blessed life that the psalmist is talking about. This happiness that flows from our state of well-being and rightness in God. It's not fleeting. Rather, it's an enduring state of flourishing. The book of Psalms repeatedly shows us that God is concerned for our well-being, peace, security, and happiness and we see many times the psalmist cherishing the good things that God has given in this life from our creator, our sustainer, and our saving God. And, and the example of how to, lead, how to deal when, when, with life when God seems distant and, and, and we experience a sense of pain, loss, betrayal, or confusion the answer is always to find refuge in him. That means being sustained by his promised word that holds you securely in a world around you that might be shaking. Psalm 1 teaches us that we prosper in every season of life, not because of what we particularly do, but because of the one who accomplishes his purposes in and through that. God is sovereign over our tomorrows. Today might seem like a failure, but God will bring us safely to the end. He knows, when, he's, when it says God watches over the way of the righteous, he knows it from the beginning and to the end. The whole, his, the whole, our whole life is spread out before him. Our Bible teaches us that God is, is doing a work of us Prospering in Him. All we need to do in this journey is to humbly submit to Jesus. Because when we do that, we are like that tree by God, in, uh, planted by God in His life-giving waters. Blessedness will be our enduring eternal state. Because we are counted in the assembly of the righteous today and even on the day of final judgment. When is the last time that you've tapped into God's word and let his spirit speak to you? 
you don't need to chart your own way or protect your dream or pursue your happiness. Come, find it in Jesus. You are safe in his arms. He will watch over you and satisfy your life. What, what a wonderful God we serve. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. Thank you, Lord, that you are our refuge. Lord, if there's someone here who doesn't know you, please help them to come to you. Help them to understand your love. Lord, for us who are feeling broken or forgotten, remind us of who you are. Reorient us in you. Give us a heart of rejoicing. Thank you, Lord, that you know us, that you know me, that you will bring me safely to the end. In Jesus' name we pray.